0: Hey there, welcome to another episode of Better Than Before Breast Cancer with the Breast Cancer Recovery Coach. I am your host, Laura Lummer, and I'm here with this Tuesday Terrain Talk, freshly back, still completely jet-lagged from an amazing trip to Italy. My husband and I spent nine days traveling Rome, Pompeii, Sorrento. We had an incredible trip, a wonderful time, and it really inspired me to talk about the topic we're going to discuss here on today's Tuesday terrain talk because when you think of taking a trip to Italy what do you think of food right you think of eating pasta bruschetta all the carbohydrates and in fact when i was getting ready to go on this trip i had an appointment with my naturopath and we went over some labs shortly before i left which by the way were fantastic and it, so i was even more excited to leave with that good news but one of the things that i said to her is hey i'm going to italy and I'm gonna eat carbs, right? Because you know, I've shared on this podcast, my, I follow a ketogenic lifestyle, and I strive to stay in nutritional and therapeutic ketosis on a daily basis. Well, there was no way I was gonna do that in Italy. I had decided very intentionally ahead of time that I wanted to have the full experience of Italy. I wanted to eat like an Italian. I wanted to experience all the things that are Italy because it was a dream trip of mine. And so I said to her, when I go there, I'm gonna be eating carbohydrates. And I just wanna like be transparent and say that up front. She says, of course, eat everything, but put lots of olive oil on it, add fats to everything and just enjoy yourself. And that's exactly what I did. I had a wonderful time, and I'll be honest with you, of course I ate pasta, I ate croissants. I had no idea that there was a pastry shop every 10 feet in Italy, which is amazing, and their pastries are just fresh and wonderful and absolutely delicious. And I not only ate pastries, but I ate breakfast, which I normally do not do, but we're in Italy. We get up, my husband and I, we go have a cappuccino and a pistachio croissant or some other little beautiful delicacy from one of the bakeries. And even though I was eating outside of the way I normally do, I thought it was really interesting because as I'm paying attention to my body, I would notice that there would just be a point where my body, I could tell it was like, I don't want to need more food. Right, I don't want to put any more food in it, and it wasn't as if I was gorging on food, but it was just a different type of food than I normally have, and so I may have ordered, you know, beautiful plate of seafood risotto, but I didn't always eat the whole thing. You know, my husband and I shared some dishes. He would get pizzas, which was another shocking thing. I didn't realize that a pizza, which is like the size of a medium pizza here in the U.S., was one person's meal. I couldn't believe you would just order a pizza and I just saw all these people ordering pizzas and they'd eat the whole thing, it was amazing to me. So I tasted pizza, I had pasta, I had baked goods, but it wasn't crazy right? I think a lot of people worry about going on vacation or going and having an experience and think they're going to go overboard. They're going to gain all this weight. They're going to be miserable when they come home. And even though I had decided I am going to eat like an Italian, I also was very intentional about paying attention to how my body felt. So there were some days where- I really followed more of a ketogenic diet, having a caprese salad, having tuna tartare, because there are a lot of options that are ketogenic friendly in Italian cuisine. Definitely, absolutely. But I didn't restrict myself while paying attention to how I felt. Now, I want to make a a point of pointing that out because I think it's important to realize that we can have it all. And then we can come back to the lifestyle that we choose, right? And even if the lifestyle you choose is a lifestyle of having an all, if you do choose to eat flour, if you do choose to eat sugar, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I think that Oftentimes we prevent ourselves from following a healthy lifestyle because of that fearful thought of I've got to give up these things if I want a healthy lifestyle. But why can't all of it be a part of a healthy lifestyle while you're listening to your body and paying attention and responding to how your body feels, right? So there were some times when we'd have a glass of wine or in Sorrento, limoncello spritzers were a huge thing. I had a limoncello spritzer, but then I would pay attention and, you You know, maybe we'd go to dinner and my husband say, Oh, you want to have a glass of wine? Or of course every server was just like lemoncello spritzer or a glass of wine. (laughs) You know, what do you want? And I would have a cappuccino, right? I just felt like, nah, I don't want to put alcohol in me. So I thought it was a great balance of getting to experience Italy and still taking good care of myself and being very ready to just cut those carbs out by the time I got home right? I could definitely tell a difference. And I'll tell you what, I got back on the scale when I got home, I was six pounds heavier. The next day I fasted intentionally. I had planned on doing that because I wanted to get back into ketosis. And I was down four and a half pounds because eating those carbs, it's just carbohydrate, right? It's got a lot of water and it makes water, it, it makes me, I'm sensitive to it and I retain water. So it was interesting to see how quick I lost that water weight when I got back. And that's really what I wanna talk about here. I wanna talk about the concept of metabolic flexibility and the importance of metabolic flexibility. So let me explain to you what that means, why it's important for our health how it supports healthy aging, and different things you can do to improve your metabolic flexibility. So we've talked about metabolism here on the Tuesday Terrain Talk, and metabolism is basically the way your body works, right? It's everything, all the chemical processes, all the things that happen in your body, and especially using the energy from food, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, taking that energy, transferring it into your body and then your body being able to access that energy. Carbohydrates, typically quick energy, easy for the body to access, easy for it to convert that energy into energy that can be used for body functions. Whereas fats can be stored in the body, and they're a little more difficult for the body to access. And so when you follow a ketogenic lifestyle, you may hear a phrase called fat adapted." And people say, you know, you got to stick to your ketogenic diet and stay in ketosis until you're fat adapted. And then when you're fat adapted, because pretty much nobody can just stick to one way of eating forever. I mean, you got to have some, I don't know, intense willpower and discipline to do that. So we know that human beings are going to have pasta now and then. They're going to have a piece of bread now and then. And that's not a bad thing. What we want to make sure is that if we choose to have and incorporate these foods into our diet, that we do it in such a way that our body can switch back and forth in using all of these fuel sources efficiently and effectively. And that's basically the definition of metabolic flexibility. It's the efficient utilization of fuel. So it's the capacity of the body to adapt. And based on what food is available to it, and the body's energy demands, being a metabolically flexible person means the body can efficiently use carbohydrates when there's a lot of carbohydrates around. And then it can switch to burning fats when carbohydrates are not available. Carbohydrates are low. And an interesting thing, especially in Italy, is that you just walk everywhere. We walked 15, 20,000 steps a day. So even though I did have carbohydrates and definitely way more carbohydrates than I would normally have in a day. That is a really quick and easily accessible form of energy like I just described. And so because we're walking so much, it helped to have those carbohydrates and just keep that energy nice and even, right? I didn't have big peaks and valleys and spikes and and sleepiness and, and bursts of energy because we were walking a lot. So the demands of my body were saying, hey, I need some more energy. Right. So when our bodies are metabolically flexible, it helps keep energy levels more consistent and it helps to avoid those spikes and crashes that people who are metabolically inflexible will often experience. So, metabolic flexibility another thing that it does is that it helps us to manage our weight. Because when we are metabolically flexible, when we can use the available fuels that are we're putting into our body, then we can efficiently switch between accessing fat storage and carbohydrate intake. It's easier for our body to maintain a healthy weight instead of just storing and storing and not being able to be fat adapted to remember how to use those fuels and then feeling like these peaks and valleys and like you've got to go get a donut or get something to give yourself a burst of energy, okay? Another benefit of being metabolically flexible is it reduces risks of metabolic diseases. And metabolic diseases are things like insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes, and obesity. When we're metabolically inflexible and those hormones like insulin are not working properly in our body, we become insulin resistant. When we're not fat adapted, we're storing more energy, right? And so that leads to obesity, especially abdominal obesity is a very unhealthy thing for our for our optimal metabolic health. And so when we're metabolically flexible, as I said a minute ago, we can use those energy sources more efficiently, then we have a tendency to store less and access those fat stores more effectively. So Another thing is that it really helps to ensure, when you're metabolically flexible, it helps to support a smoother transition. So on those times where you're like, I'm going out to this meal and I'm gonna have the creme brulee, I'm going to Italy and I'm going to eat the pasta, but when I get home, I'm gonna go back to following my normal diet, which is gonna be a low carbohydrate diet, which I recommend for anybody, a low carbohydrate diet, And when we do that, we don't go through like that withdrawal or that sick feeling, or sometimes people call it the keto flu, because we have trained our bodies to be metabolically flexible. So it's a very important thing. We can go back and forth. We can follow a healthy, low-carb lifestyle. We can indulge in some treats and some wonderful experiences now and then, and then we can come back. So it's not the throwing out the baby with the bathwater or all or none, but our bodies are very efficient at remembering how to use various types of fuels. Now, metabolic flexibility is really key in supporting healthy aging and longevity. Because as we age, metabolic flexibility becomes increasingly important because it's increasingly more difficult. So as we age, some of the changes we experience in our body are alterations in our metabolism our hormone levels change, our physiological functions are impacted by those change in our hormones and by several other things. So let me give you a list of some of the things that change with aging and why it's important that we maintain metabolic flexibility to support ourselves through these changes. So one of the big changes with aging is age-related muscle loss. So as our bodies age, they lose muscle mass and muscle strength, unless we are intentionally lifting heavy stuff and building muscle tissue. Muscle tissue is very metabolically active. So when we lose it, we tend to have a reduced metabolic rate and we're less effective at using glucose because muscle is a major site for glucose uptake. So blood sugar is glucose and our muscles use that. So when we lose muscle mass, we become less insulin sensitive and it makes it more difficult for our body to switch between using fuel sources efficiently. And that not only increases our insulin resistance, but age itself increases insulin resistance in fact aging affects the secretion and the regulation of lots of hormones like growth hormones and sex hormones and other metabolic processes so it's really important that we pay attention to deliberately building and maintaining that lean body mass that's one thing that's going to help us maintain metabolic flexibility throughout our aging now another thing is that as we age, we decrease our physical activity. Now, a lot of people don't realize that because, you know, life just goes along one day at a time. And I'll hear from people all the time that say to me, I don't understand. I'm gaining all this weight. I do everything that I always did before. But in fact, lifestyle changes as we get a little older. So when you have, you know, busy jobs, you're building your career, or you have a young family and you're running around and doing hundred million things. And even as children age or as they leave the home and start their own lives, our lives become more sedentary because we don't have so many demands on us, so much running around that has to be done. Usually also as people age, they become a little more financially secure so they can afford to be a little more luxurious, eat a little more high calorie, high fat foods. They don't have to run around picking up kids so they can have a glass of wine here and there without worrying about it. So we not only move less, but we have a tendency to consume more food. So here's like this perfect storm. We're losing lean body mass. We're moving less, so less activity, less caloric intake, but we're used to eating a certain way. So we keep eating that certain way, and then maybe we add in a little more, a little more richness, a little more alcohol, a little glass of wine here and there. And we don't even realize because it's so subtle, this all starts to add up and increase the storage of fat and increase the resistance we have to insulin and increase our metabolic inflexibility. Another very important thing as we age is that our mitochondrial function slows down. Mitochondria, which I have a show coming up on mitochondria for another Tuesday Terrain Talk in the near future. I don't know, remember exactly which one it is, but it's coming up. And When we're talking about mitochondria, they are these little organelles inside of our cells, and they have a huge role in the amount of energy that we have. And they also play a big part in cancer and how cancer works in our bodies. So mitochondria become less efficient with age at doing their job the way they're supposed to do it. And so that decline in the way mitochondria functions can affect the body's ability to metabolize carbohydrates and fats effectively. Other lifestyle factors that affect it as we age, stress and sleep. So as people age, they have a tendency to have more disturbed sleep patterns. And especially for those of you who've gone through menopause and you wake up constantly throughout the night having hot flashes, you know what I'm saying, right? When we have Increased sleep disturbances, less quality of sleep, that has a huge impact on our blood sugar regulation, our hormone regulation, and that affects our metabolic flexibility. Aging has another great benefit, right? We've got life experience, and what happens as we experience life? We are exposed to so many things. So as the years accumulate, the exposure to environmental toxins accumulate within the tissues of our body as well. And so those exposures over a lifetime have a big impact on our metabolic health. They just accumulate in the tissues and they can cause lots of toxicity, which then results in inflammation. So aging is very often associated with low-grade chronic inflammation, and we know that that inflammation can interfere with different signaling pathways, the way our body communicates with itself inside all these different cells and all of these chemical processes that happen. So all of that comes together to have an impact on our metabolic flexibility making it more difficult to manage our weight efficiently. And then we end up with this other active tissue, which is fat that's sending out all kinds of other signals that are throwing off our metabolic flexibility. And finally, metabolic flexibility has a big impact on brain health. And so, Efficient energy usage is critical for maintaining cognitive function. And metabolic inflexibility has been linked to neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's. And I think I've said on the show before that now we're even talking about Alzheimer's as being like type three diabetes and seeing that our metabolic health has a big impact on our brain health. So you can see that metabolic flexibility and our ability to switch back and forth between using carbohydrates and fats for energy is really important, not only for a healthy lifestyle, but for a healthy, long life. So how do we improve our metabolic flexibility? One important way is to make sure you're eating a whole food diet. I'm going to sound like a broken record. I think if you go back and you listen to all of the Terrain Tuesday talks, you're going to hear the same thing, right? You're going to hear me say the same thing over and over again. Eat whole food, mostly plants, healthy fats, keep carbohydrates mostly coming into your diet through fruits and vegetables, but keep processed carbohydrates low, and that helps us maintain improved insulin sensitivity. And then moving your body. A way to improve metabolic flexibility is to exercise regularly. When you have a combination of aerobic, or we call it cardiovascular exercise, and anaerobic, or something like strength training and resistance training, this trains our body to use different fuel sources because aerobic and cardiovascular exercise are gonna access carbohydrates faster. They need quick energy for movement, right? Whereas slower workouts like weightlifting, or even when you're sprinting and you sprint and then stop and then sprint and then stop, these are the types of exercises that teach our body to access fat stores more effectively. So, Creating an exercise program or having a movement program in your life that incorporates both aerobic activity and strength training or anaerobic activity is super important for maintaining metabolic flexibility. The different tissues in our body need different resources. And when we activate that and we're continuing to train our body to use everything that it needs and to access all parts of our body, then it's going to work better overall. Now, eating is not just important, but not eating is also important. Regular intermittent fasting can really improve your body's ability to switch to fat burning during the fasting periods, and to be able to efficiently use carbohydrate sources during feeding periods. So uh, 16-8 method is a really popular one, which means fasting for 16 hours a day and eating in an eight hour window. And that way you give your body a nice long break of 16 hours to use its fuel sources efficiently. Sleep, as I mentioned before, is so important. So. You know, sleep studies and sleep hygiene are just becoming more and more talked about in the world of health and healthy lifestyles. And honestly, if you don't have good sleep habits or you do have disturbed sleep, I would highly suggest working with a sleep specialist, talking to your doctor about having a sleep study and just having someone look at you and observe and see what's going on when you're sleeping and how can you improve that sleep quality. And then another way of improving metabolic flexibility is stress management. Isn't it interesting how we hear the same things over and over again, yet they seem so simple, right? We think here are the things that really improve your health and Instead of kind of embracing what's really simple and easy to turn to, I find that we often want to reach out to something else. We want a supplement or we want the newest and the greatest and the shiny objects. And if we just come back to the simple basics of life over and over and over again, those are going to be the things that support the terrain of your body more than anything else. Stress management. Activities like meditation, yoga, and mindfulness are very important and having a positive effect on our metabolic flexibility because chronic stress leads to hormonal imbalances and those have a negative impact on our metabolic health. Staying hydrated. Hydration, water is a super important part of our body. And when we are well hydrated, it actually supports our metabolic processes and it helps us use energy more efficiently. And this up and coming Cold exposure, I say up and coming because everywhere I look now I'm seeing cold baths and people installing cold baths and it's becoming very popular, but there's a lot of science that's coming up behind it that says periodic exposure to cold temperatures actually can increase your body's ability to burn fat because it wants to warm up the body, so it it wants to produce heat and your body will access stored fat to burn that fat for heat production. And then again, that's kind of that part of fat adaption, right? Being fat adapted, teaching your body, use fat and use it efficiently. So that can also improve metabolic flexibility. That is something I am not good at because man, I hate being cold. And I know it's so important and I read so many things on it. I love going to the infrared sauna. But man, when it comes to the thought of jumping in a cold bath, that just sounds horrific to me. Something I'm going to have to work on my thoughts around definitely as a part of my own healthy lifestyle. But keep in mind that improving metabolic flexibility is not about a quick fix. These things take time, right? And they can be long-term practices. So you wanna make sure that you're managing and paying attention and monitoring how your body is responding to different macronutrient ratios? Does it feel like your energy levels are even throughout the day? And if not, do you need a protein increase? Do you need a carbohydrate reduction? Do you need to add in more fats for long-lasting energy? So be open to the idea of just adjusting your diet based on lifestyle, based on your body's responses, and based on your health goals. So be in it for the long run. And we don't have to think that it has to be perfect all the time and we don't have to hold to this idea that we have to just do one thing or other, or it's good or bad. This is a a life and it's all encompassing and it's wonderful. So how will you know if you have good metabolic flexibility? Well, you'll know by having even energy, by having good sleep, by not having, you know, these peaks and valleys in your energy throughout the day. When you're metabolically flexible, You'll have less brain fog. You'll be easier to maintain a healthy weight. So you'll have less excess body fat. And when you manage your blood sugar, you're gonna find a nice, low, even level of blood sugar. All of these things are gonna point towards metabolic flexibility. So once again, let's just come back to the basics of simple good care of the body good, healthy nutrition, organic as much as possible, plants as much as possible, healthy fats as much as possible, and eliminating the stress in your life by taking care of yourself from a mindful approach to food and living and to joy. And this will help to support your metabolic flexibility, which will help to support healthy aging throughout your life and a beautiful, long, healthy, enjoyable life. And isn't that what we all want? As one of my Italian cab drivers said over the last week, all is good that ends a good. (laughs) And so, it doesn't matter what you've done so far up to this point. It's good to start paying attention now. All is good that ends good. Every day is a chance to start taking care of ourselves better and better and better. So, why not start now? Take care, and I'll talk to you again very soon your courage to the test, laid all your doubts to rest, your mind is clearer than before, your heart is full and wanting more, your future's at the door, give it all you got, no hesitation. C'est si je voulais...